The Miami Dolphins 2023 draft prospect series continues with Oregon State tight end Luke Musgrave, who he is, how he'd fit, and where the Dolphins would need to draft him if they wanted to add him to their team. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Tuesday, March 28th, 2023. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today on the show, we're exploring in depth Oregon State tight end Luke Musgrave, how he would fit the Dolphins' current tight end room who he is, how he plays, what his strengths are, and where the Dolphins would need to draft him in a 2023 NFL Draft deep dive. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, been a draft nick for about 10 years in addition. So uh, working in this kind of realm is certainly the sweet spot. It was fun a couple years ago before the Dolphins decided, hey, let's go try to win a Super Bowl, so we're going to trade all our first-round picks. But with the NFL Draft less than a month away, and the Dolphins having two picks in the top 100 at 51 and 84, this is the timeline in which it makes sense to start to really get to know the players who might be the right fit so we can properly form our own personal opinions on who we think the Dolphins should draft to add to the current iteration of the team. I'm looking forward to it. You can find Locked On Dolphins on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And either way, I want to thank you guys for making me a part of your day. I hope you'll hit subscribe and follow along on this journey, not just up to the draft, but all the way around 12 months out of the year because we are your team every day. So Luke Musgrave, we did Penn State tight end Brenton Strange yesterday. That was a player that I was especially familiar with because during my time this season with Draft Network, I was focused on a certain region of the country, and that included Penn State. And I also, obviously, I graduated my undergraduate from Penn State. I'm from the Mid-Atlantic area, so I knew Brenton Strange really well. Luke Musgrave was a player who I had heard a lot about. I had seen the highlights of. I had seen him down at the Senior Bowl. But I had not done the deep dive on his game film because you had to go dig for 2021 stuff you had the two games against Boise and Fresno to start the year this year. I went and I did the deep dive. And I want to set the table for you guys. We're going to talk about Luke Musgrave, his bio. Uh, we're going to talk about his athletic profile. We're going to talk about the strengths and weaknesses that I saw on film, how he would fit the Dolphins, and then finish with where he would need to be drafted for Miami. So let's start with the bio. His father, Doug, played quarterback at Oregon in 1991 and 1992, but more notably, his uncle, Bill, longtime NFL offensive coordinator, played quarterback in the NFL from 91 to 98. So there's pretty prominent NFL bloodlines here with Luke Musgrave that is going to be a nice boost. This was a three-star recruit uh, from Brand Senior High School. He was a two-year letter winner and a two-way player at both defensive end and wide receiver slash tight end for Bend Senior High School, excuse me. Um, also a letter winner in lacrosse and track and field during his time uh, in high school. And I think that shows up because when you look at the athletic profile here for Luke Musgrave, 6057, so 65 and 7 eighths, almost 6'6, 253 pounds, 32 and 5 eighths inch arm, 
10 and three quarters inch hands. He ran the 40 yard dash in a 4.61 second time. He had a 1.58 10 yard split, a 36 inch vertical jump, and a 10 foot five standing broad jump. These are very, very dynamic and potent numbers. Let's start with that bit of information. NFL Bloodlines, surprisingly not a basketball player, not with this stature, but lacrosse, track and field, multi-sport athlete. 93rd percentile in the standing broad jump, 82nd percentile in the vertical jump, 88th percentile in the 40-yard dash, and the 87th percentile uh, in the 10-yard split. This is a really, really impressive athlete, and he is built like a tight end, that Dolphins fans should know quite well. Mike Gusecki. Uh, he is built very much in the same frame. And um, I, I do think there are some discrepancies in their game. But that was the first thing that when we got the full picture, and I remember seeing him up close and in person and speaking with him momentarily at the Senior Bowl, that was a big revelation was just the, the frame in which he carries himself. And he carries his weight extremely well. He's an extremely athletic player. He topped 20 miles per hour GPS at the Senior Bowl. And that was a, a span in which he said he felt slow. Um, so potent, 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 potent athlete. I think that's the first thing that you have to drive home. So as far as the discussion of where he fits and how he would integrate into the Dolphins' offense... I think that is an interesting conversation that we will have, but uh, before we transition there and before I tell everybody about our friends over at FanDuel, um, I would acknowledge that there is a large area of gray with this projection because Tucker, or Luke Musgrave, excuse me, missed all but two games this season with a foot injury. Now, he had said during his interviews with the Senior Bowl, this is the first time I'd missed game action since peewee football. Uh, but he did miss the vast majority of the season in a year which was shaping up to be a breakout season for Luke Musgrave because Luke Musgrave, in the two games that he played this year, posted almost 200 receiving yards. He had a lot of production. He was looking to be a featured part of the Oregon State offense in the midst of the, the rest of the game tape showed a lot of guys dropping passes. They were run-heavy offense for a long time. He caught 11 passes for 169 yards and a touchdown in two games against good teams, Boise State and Fresno State. You know, they're not power five powerhouses, but those are still good programs. His career highs for single seasons. This is where the, the projection kind of continues to be a little muddy and a little weird. He played in 2021, played nearly a full season, had 22 receptions for 304 yards and one touchdown. Those are the career numbers. That's the career best season. So you're talking about a player who has had modest production, uh, is built more of a receiving type player, and then on top of that, missed 10 games this season in what looked like a breakout, and his two breakout games were steps down in level of competition from, from the Power Five with Oregon State. Now, to his credit, his next best game after the two games he played this season was against Oregon in 2021. He was very productive in that football game. So there is some good tape and good production against top teams. But this is a unique player. This is a unique weapon. 
And there's going to be a little bit of a leap of faith for whoever pursues him. And, and I think when you consider the Dolphins um, and, and what they need out of these picks at 51 and 84 as is, is day two picks that you're expecting to come in and contribute immediately on your team, you better have a lot of conviction if that's the direction that you're ultimately going to decide and choose to go. So let's talk about his game in detail, the film, the traits, what we saw on tape. But before we do, the basketball madness is in absolute full swing. So I got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. There's no better place to get in on the action than at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets of up to $1,000 if your first bet does not win. How's that for a little bit of peace of mind? So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today and claim your no-sweat first bet. And then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads and three scored and everything in between. You name it. All on an app that is safe, secure, super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. So I invoked the name Mike Gusecki. Of course, the newest tight end of the New England Patriots, Mike Gusecki. And I will say this about Luke Musgrave. There are some parallels in the ways that they play the game. Luke Musgrave is prominently featured as a three-strong receiver to the passing strength and pushed vertically up the seam to attack the seam with size, speed, and catch radius. If that's not Mike Gusecki at his best, I don't know what is. That is absolutely who Mike Gusecki is. And he does it well. Uh, I think Luke navigates the middle of the field extremely well. Uh, I think his vision to process when to cut his routes or to extend his routes based on the leverage of zone defenders is pretty good. He's got a good feel against zone coverage for finding soft spaces and voids in zone. Uh, I think this is a player who, if you are charging linebackers in the middle of the field with turning and running with him, he's going to be a chore for them to flip their hips and carry up the field. That is, there's a vertical element to his game that mirrors that of the strength of Mike Gusecki. The question and the blockade that we had with Mike was, okay, Mike's really good at three strong getting vertical up the field, but then I've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle that do that, and I get two or three X the efficiency every time I throw the ball to those guys in the same area of the field. So guess who's going to get the targets? Not Mike. And Mike couldn't really offer anything else of consistent value to the offense, and therefore he became an underutilized, air quotes, player, and he left. The question for Luke Musgrave is, what else can you do to bring added value as a receiver in the passing game? And I do think there are some elements in which he is more proficient at playing the position than Mike Gusecki is. Run after the catch is one. Mike was allergic to run after catch opportunities for the vast majority of his career with the Dolphins. Now, Luke, uh, against Oregon, against Fresno, against Boise, they ran some split flow inside zone, and they put Luke as the tight end. They would go two tight ends to the run strength, and he would be the second tight end who is off the ball. Then they would go their 
inside zone. He would split flow as if he was kicking out the defensive end on the end of the line of scrimmage, and he would make a read and a jurisdiction based on how far up the field that defensive end got, whether I need to go in front of his face or cut behind him to get out into the flat. And he did a really nice job with that, and he took several of those opportunities and turned them upfield and created large gains after the catch. There were also times where Luke Musgrave was delay-releasing from being attached in line or as a secondary player to help slow down pass rushers and then release out and sit down underneath to make himself available to catch the football. And I thought those efforts illustrated a little bit more functional strength and anchor than we had seen with consistency from Mike, depending on the opponent who he was lining up against from week in to week out. And that allowed him to be a little bit more effective as a delayed blocker who releases out and gets out in space. That's the good news. Here's the bad news. I didn't get the warm and fuzzies, if we are being perfectly honest, about the ability of Mike to consistent, of of the ability of Luke to consistently block set the point of attack, have success, and not be bubbled at the point of attack. So now this becomes kind of this ideological question for the Dolphins is, do you want potentially a more versatile version of the player that you just let walk out the door? Or do you want to drastically change the DNA of that position in your offense and what its expectations are? I don't have that answer. But as I'm watching Luke, he's another player who, like Mike, and we talked about this yesterday with Brent Strange. Luke is 6'6". His hips are high, he's an angular player, and his ability to really sit down and get his hips down and get his center gravity down is not something that I saw with consistency on tape to the point where Boise State edge defenders were challenging him with his ability to block sustain his legs, sustain his base, and stay attached. Because if you're not low enough, the bend will then come from the waist. And when the bend comes from the waist, your center of gravity comes forward, and you no longer have the ability to stay attached on bodies without having to hold and let them effectively steer you. And that really uh, mitigates your ability to be an effective inline player. And I do, at this point, admittedly, have that question as it pertains to Luke Musgrave. I don't get the warm and fuzzies. I think he's got a foundation to build upon. The challenge is, again, it's another leap of faith. I think Luke Musgrave's going to be an impactful pass-catching tight end in the NFL. The question is, is he the right pass-catching tight end for the Miami Dolphins? And again, I don't have the answer because I don't know what the ideal outcome is for the Dolphins with revamping this tight end room. But I see enough parallels to Mike Gusecki to understand why there would be an interest, but I also see enough parallels to Mike Gusecki why I would understand why there would not be an interest, interestingly enough. Now, when we get enough tight ends put together here, we're actually going to stack these guys together and put them on a positional board like we did in 2021. It's, it's going to be a little more sparing than in 2021 when we had 6 and 18 and Then we had the pick in the 30s and another pick in the second round. And uh, we had this embarrassment of riches, right? So um, 
it's still going to give us a comprehensive look at the position to understand, hey, these guys are probably going to be untouchables for us. But then these are the guys we think we have a realistic chance at. And here's how I would stack them. And if any of the ones that we consider to be untouchable drop to a certain point, it's a no-brainer. I think Luke Musgrave is probably going to be in the untouchables list for the Dolphins. I expect with his athletic profile and the momentum that he has as a prospect that his stratosphere is going to be untouchables. And I don't want to put the cart before the horse and get into the where he's drafted segment just yet. Some other thoughts that I have on, on Luke as a player. I think he's a cerebral player. I think he's got great hands. Uh, I think he catches very comfortably away from his frame. All the things that you would expect from a six foot six tight end with a receiving pedigree who used to play wide receiver in high school. So you like the hands. You like the contested catch ability. I think one other thing that is a big divider between him and Mike is the physicality on the route stem. I think Luke is much more proficient at winning through contact, trying to get vertical through collisions in the contact window. And that's a nice boost. Because for Mike, I thought, Mike, when you bumped Mike, unless he had a lot of room to work and he was going vertical straight up the seam, his ability to get off of that contact and stay on schedule uh, with his route was uh, impacted at times. Whereas Luke, I do see an ability from Luke to play through that contact, rip through that contact, adjust his stem to minimize what that punch in the contact window is going to do to his momentum as he's carrying up the field. And to get through that cleaner so that he can be at the appropriate depth on timing drops, right? Especially in this offense. This is a timing-based offense. You just heard Trent Sherfield talk about this when his interviews when he talked about signing with the Bills and, and the differences. And he talked about Miami is a lot of trust and timing with your quarterback and your receivers because you're, you got to be at a certain spot when you're supposed to be there because the ball is going to come out with a lot of anticipation. If I'm running a timing route and I'm trying to throw the seam, the understanding is against Two high shells. If I'm going to throw the seam, the ball's got to get up and down by 18 to 22 yards. But if I get punched and I'm three steps off my rep, I might only be at 14 yards of depth when the quarterback's at the top of his route. He ain't going to throw the ball because I'm not where I'm supposed to be. So I think that's an element of Luke Musgrave's game that gives him an, another leg up as far as being perhaps a more proficient version of the player that the Dolphins may be coveting. Do the Dolphins feel as though Tanner Connor is the developmental version of this and they don't want to invest in this? Again, I don't know. But as I am piecing together all of the, the little clues on film and their bios and their athletic profiles and their medical histories and their draft projections, I could see this one hinging both ways. I don't have a lot of conviction that this is the kind of player that the Dolphins need because they just let a player like this walk. Well, did they let a player like this walk because they want to change it? Or did they let a player like this walk because the cost versus the proficiency at executing at that role were two different things? It's an age-old question. Now, let's talk about where he would get drafted if he were to be added to the Dolphins. But before we do, the Built March Madness bracket is winding down. We all have a favorite Built Bar or Puff, but now is our time to make it count. Go to Built March Madness to vote on your favorites. 50 locked-on listeners. Listen very carefully. 50 locked-on listeners will be winning a free box of Built from a drawing as a result of their participation in the Built 
March Madness. And one lucky Locked On listener will receive a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars and puffs delivered monthly straight to their door. This is the life hack you didn't know you need. It's high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars, like 130 calories per bar. They're absolutely delicious. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote on your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote on every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. The closer we get to April, the more I would not be surprised if Luke Musgrave ends up sliding out of the first round. I do think he has a certain kind of um, profile as a player that teams generally don't wait on because he has the uncoachable elements, right? Everybody says, oh, I can put five pounds of weight on him and teach him to block. I can't teach him to be 6'6 and run 21 miles per hour. And that's true. It's a factual thing. But I think the, the challenge is... The teams that are tight and hungry, teams like Cincinnati, teams like the Chargers with Gerald Everett, there's a handful, the, the potentially the New York Giants. I'd be surprised if they pick one. It seems like they like Daniel Bellinger, but the Daniel Bellinger was a day three pick last year. He wouldn't be stopping me from picking anybody. The floor for this kind of player feels like the middle of the second round. So if you want him and he's on the board at 51, you're probably going to have to draft him. I would still be surprised if he's on the board at 51. It seems like um, there's some momentum for some other players. Uh, Darnell Washington, with his athletic profile, uh, it, it feels like the Utah tight end has more momentum now. I know there's concern about his medicals. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, uh, it seems as though, it's, I think it's a back issue for him, it sounds as though, but... He also has a medical issue, but he's also been super productive and a featured player in the Utah offense where Luke Musgrave doesn't have that to his credit. The name I go back to is Mike Gusecki because, again, this is a 90th percentile in just about every athletic profile testing that you're going to collect. Mike went 42nd, and Mike went before some really good tight ends in the 2018 NFL draft. I certainly don't want to put on the revisionist history hat here, but Dallas Godert went 49. And I'd say Dallas Godert is a better NFL tight end than Mike Gusecki. Uh, of the other, I want to make sure I get the names right here. I believe this was the Mark Andrews draft, yes? Gusecki, 42. Dallas Godert, 49. Mark Andrews, 86. That's right. Mark Andrews, not as sexy, doesn't run as fast, played in a college spread offense, if you want to dig him for that. Lower center gravity. Denser build. Reliable hands. Makes the Pro Bowl. Whereas, just because the other guy is six foot six. Runs in the four fives, he goes 45 picks ahead. I think relative to Miami picking at 84 and at 51, it's a wonderful foil of the expectations. And I would say the floor for getting Luke Musgrave is 51 as compared to a player like Brenton Strange, 
who you could maybe be in that 85 to 100 strike zone and feel like you had a good chance of getting him, like we talked about yesterday. But ultimately, at the end of the day, your pick's at 84. So if you want him, you got to pick him there. Unless you move up or down the board. So I think Luke Musgrave will justifiably go in the top 50. Um, the identity crisis of who he is as a player versus what Miami just let walk is the one that I don't have the answer for and I don't have a lot of conviction to pound the table for. I would stack him probably slightly above Brenton Strange right now if I had to rank them, but it would not be open and shut. And I only got that conviction in yesterday going through and doing the, the full deep dive of who Luke Musgrave is. And that's the fun part of this time of year and, and putting it specifically through the lens of the Dolphins. Um, and then you get into opportunity cost. And well, I, I might have Luke Musgrave a little bit higher than Brenton Strange, but if the opportunity cost is 51 versus 84 and the players I could get at other positions, then you very easily pivot and end up talking yourself into something. Like it's all that economics of making team building decisions that is so much fun which is why i'm also over on locked on nfl scouting with the draft dudes with joe marino which you should probably make your second listen of the day today but we are going to wrap that up uh and start recording that here shortly because i am out of here make sure you keep it locked in here on locked on dolphins your team every day if you can find it on youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast want to appreciate and express my appreciation for those of you who make locked on dolphins a part of your day Make sure you keep it locked in. Hit subscribe, click the bell, get the notifications when we go live, all that jazz. It's all available to you guys, your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the Locked On Network. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk with you all again tomorrow. Peace.